Thank you all for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Locked On Podcast Network, free and available wherever you find folks get your podcast. On today's episode, oh yeah, that's right, we are back to Victory Monday, baby. We talk about the game, Kenneth Walker's performance, the student section leaving a little too early, and then, oh yeah, that's right, it's actually double Victory Monday because basketball also played on Friday too. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans. Your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whenever you are listening to this, you wonderful Spartan fans. Happy, happy Monday, November 15th. And yes, welcome to another episode of Locked on Spartans, a.k.a. Will Matt's voice holds through for a full half hour of talking about what happened over the weekend. Um, Odds are not looking good right now, but hey, stay tuned. This could be a very exciting one because yes, I was at the game. And uh, yes, I I did lose my voice once again because yeah, I treated the game like it was uh, the the, the Michigan game because I did not go to the Michigan game and I don't get to... uh, a lot of MSU football games these days, uh, you know, at least not as much as I used to because, well, hey, when it ends up when you have a, a child, sometimes responsibilities uh, you know, step in and, yeah, you can't get to all the games you want to. So when you do get to go to these games, oh, <laughs> you just lose your mind. And speaking of losing their mind, uh, yeah, well, the, the offense once again did it. But first, before we get to those guys need to politely ask you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Yes, this is Locked on Spartans. Free and available wherever you find folks. Get your podcast. We do this five days a week, Monday through Friday. And of course, we'll be talking about, you know, the big old Michigan, Michigan, sorry, the Michigan State, Ohio State game, I should say, coming up this weekend. And also, yeah, hey, well, those shooty hoop Spartans are also playing Butler on Wednesday, too. So, yeah, we got a full slate of previews, recaps for you fine folks coming up this week. So, let's talk about that game, shall we? Uh, yes, Michigan State gets back on the right side of things with a 40-21 to win against the Maryland Terrapins. Thank you, Maryland, for your service. Um, listen, hey, last week I voiced concern for this game, no doubt. I didn't think we were going to lose necessarily, but I was a little worried about the depleted secondary Michigan State had. And my concern for this game wasn't necessarily about, you know, what Maryland could do. It was about what Michigan State couldn't do. But luckily, hey, we, we got we got the November Terrapins, baby. Because uh, that's right. If you listen to Friday's show, you will know that now Maryland is 1-17 and 17 in the month of November since 2017. And uh, the latest was a thrashing from that Spartan offense, which, listen, it, I'm not going to use the term get right game because I don't think they were necessarily terrible. I don't think they were even bad against Purdue. But this was certainly a game where, okay, we started to see the things that we were more accustomed to. Peyton Thorne looked outstanding. I mean, 22 of 30 passing, 287 yards, four touchdowns. And yeah, he had the one interception, the the heave-ho at the end of half. But you know what races that interception for me? How about a touchdown-saving tackle uh, at, at the end of half there? So yeah, Peyton Thorne just played great. Thought he was sharp all day. And uh, well, speaking of sharp... Now, let's talk about the man of the hour, K-9, Kenny Cutbacks, Kenneth Walker. That's right. Um, and it, once again, just a, another great game from him. And it's 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 also a little strange, too. Like, we, we get in the car after the game, and, uh, you know, we're all in the car. My, my dad's buddy is reading off the stats. Shout out to you, dog, if you're listening. Uh, he's like, yeah, Kenneth Walker, uh, 143 yards, two touchdowns. And I'm in the backseat. I'm like, all right, that's, that's okay. And I had to stop myself for a second. I'm like, 
What did I just say? Hold like 143 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, and also keep in mind as well, uh, 29 additional yards receiving as well. Um, that's just considered okay because Kenneth Walker just sets the bar so effing high for himself that, yeah, uh, just 143 yards, two touchdowns, ho-hum. That's also why he's the Heisman frontrunner, or a Heisman frontrunner, I should say. Uh, this was a game closer to bolstering his invitation to New York, at least for the Heisman ceremony. And I think enough to, personally, me, my homer self, to keep him ahead of the pack for the Heisman trophy. Uh, listen, work still to be done, of course, and I think what we have coming up on Saturday is a big one too, as, well, okay, there's four candidates right now that have decent odds to win the Heisman. It's Kenneth Walker, it's Matt Corral down at Ole Miss, it's Bryce Young down at Alabama, it's also, well, C.J. Stroud too, who keeps on lighting the world on fire, so could this become a de facto winner gets the Heisman Trophy game? I'm, like, I don't necessarily think it should come to that, but hey, we, we know how you know, media narratives go and everything like that. And yeah, all eyes will be on Columbus noon on Saturday as college game day will also be in attendance. So yeah, it's, um, he's very, very close. I think personally, if, if I really had to be forced to answer, I think he already has his invitation to New York locked up because just like I said, that there's four distinct candidates right now. No one else really outside of that Yun, Stroud, Corral, and Walker group really has a strong case to make. Right now on the odds, Kenny Pickett also has 20 to 1 odds. Uh, okay, Travion Henderson from Ohio State, 30 to 1 odds. Sam Hartman of Wake Forest has 30 to 1 odds. That is not really close to the core four guys. Bryce Young, he's a leader in the clubhouse, he's plus 150. C.J. Stroud and Kenneth Walker both are tied right now with 3-1 to one odds and the Matt Corral 5-1 to one odds. So I think that's your four guys that get the New York City invite. Would another strong game, you know, 150 yards, two touchdowns, three touchdowns game in either this game coming up against the Buckeyes or against Penn State really bolster his chances? Of course it would. And selfishly, of course, you know, when you just think of, not even selfishly, but just matter of fact, when you think about the games coming up, like, yeah. They also just need those performances in general to keep their New Year's Six. If not, their college football playoff dreams alive too. Um, we'll talk about uh, that a little more coming up next segment. But yeah, it was just another great game by Kenneth Walker. Um, Jaden Reed, of course, you know, eight receptions, 114 yards, two touchdowns. Didn't play too stellar against Purdue. Uh, to say that this was a nice bounce back game for him, that would be an understatement. He balled out. He did it in every way possible. Uh, just beating his man down the field, making insane back shoulder catches, catching and then running, getting a, some yak, if you will, some yards after the catch. So, yeah, Jaden Reed was just on one. And, of course, hey, it was also nice to see the flea flicker back in our lives, baby. That's right. Starting the game, just popping one to Montori Foster, 52 yards. How about that for your first touchdown as a Spartan kid? So, yeah, it was uh, it was a nice a nice little game for uh, for Michigan State. So, once again, thank you, Maryland, for uh, coming in and offering us your defense to pick apart. And, uh, yeah, get, get some confidence going as uh, they head down to Ohio State coming up Saturday. Uh, we'll talk about that game, of course, later on in the week as it goes. And we'll also touch on it a little bit in next segment as well. Um, but first, really quick, I'll just have to talk about the defense, too. Um, I thought they played as fine as they possibly could. I think they went the last, like, what, 20, I think it was 23 minutes. I'm sorry, I'm going off the top of my head without giving up any points. And Maryland's a team that does like to get points. They air the ball out. And they also had a prime spot to do it as well in the second half after a, a uh, turnover, the Tyler Hunt fumble. 
Maryland gets incredible field position. They eventually get first and goal. And then, uh-oh, 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 Maryland. We're going backwards. So far backwards that, well, apparently you guys were out of field goal range because the, the kicker sprayed it so far right. Um, he almost killed a, someone sitting in section three. It was very scary. Um, yeah, so fine fine performance by the defense, especially. And, hey, I beat it into the ground last week. Considering everyone they were missing, or everyone that was playing at his dinged up as well. Now, of course, there are concerns, too. Uh, Quaveris Crouch did not play. A lot of mystery beyond that. And I am going to fetch a guess that, no, Mel Tucker will not be talking about his status at the press conference. It is damn near impossible to get any information about injured players out of the coaching staff. And eh, rightfully so. I, I like playing that little war game as well of not telling I don't know who's uh, sticking around and, and who's not for the upcoming game based on the injury list. So, yeah, it, it was it was a fine game, awesome game for the defense, um, especially after getting absolutely shredded against Purdue. And you know, you welcome in a Maryland team that does like to throw the ball, and you hold them to 350 yards on 48 pass attempts. Okay, I, I can name a lot worse things than that. We've seen a lot worse things than that. And uh, so, yeah, nice nice game there. Not a lot to complain about. Well. At least from the team, I don't have a lot to complain about. Because, uh, yeah, that's right. It's time to talk about the student section. Oh, yeah, that's right, baby. But first, I need to talk to you fine folks about prize picks. That is right. We are talking about the leader in college sports daily fantasy. Prize picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five, as well as the mid major players you might have never even heard of. So how do you do prize picks? Well, you go to the App Store or Google Play and you download their award-winning app or just go to prizepicks.com as well. That works too. And then you uh, head over, you got a deposit, but not without using promo code Locked On. That is all one word, Locked On, for a 100% instant deposit match for up to $100. So from there, you can make your entries in 60 seconds or less. You just pick two to five players, pick the over-under on their projected stats, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It is just you against the projected numbers. You're not going up against anyone else's team. It's just you and the numbers, baby. That's right. And best of all, guys, Price Picks offers safe and fast withdrawal, so do not hesitate. Check out PricePicks.com and use promo code LOCKEDON or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Really quick, guys, just want to thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, free and available where you find folks get your podcast. All right, that's right. I'm using one of the uh, the old crutches that uh, you know, media members use, or talking heads, if you don't want to use the word media for me, because I, I certainly wouldn't. I'm not esteemed enough to earn that title. Uh, but yeah, hey, you know, every so often, especially in Spartan country, student sections are a topic of conversation. Usually it's, you know, complaining about the Izzo not being loud enough in a non-conference game. Um, But you know what? We got to talk about this uh, this whole student section thing, and well, a little beyond that, which we'll get to in a hot second. And no, it's not just you know me or you know the people up in the cushy press box uh, talking about uh, attendance or rather lack thereof attendance. Students leaving by halftime. It's also Coach Mel Tucker voiced it very very quickly after the game. He tweets out after the game, "Our team fought hard and got the job done tonight." That they did. We are going to hashtag keep chopping and continue to trust the process. Hashtag chop life. And then writes, stick around next time, MSU football student section. We count on you all. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to assume, too, that the players notice it as well. It's not just, you know, us fellow fans or the coach. It's also the players as well. 
Now, for those that couldn't really get a, a good picture of it, for those that were home or watching on TV, student section actually filled out okay to start the game. It was fine. The entire lower bowl was filled. But after halftime, um, wow, yikes. I think it was depleted by maybe 70%, maybe a little more. Everyone went home. And my my official stance on this, that's right. If you asked me, well, Matt, how do you, how do you feel about this? And I, I stewed on it this morning. I was like, well, how, how, how do I feel? Because like, I, I feel that I have empathy, you know? And that leads me to this conclusion. Like, I'm not mad that the students and other fans left. I'm just disappointed. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, a, like a father that just got a report card and there's four C's and a, and a D and then a, a B minus and gym. You know, I'm, I'm not mad. I'm, I'm just disappointed. I want to know what's going on. I'm not mad because, listen, I get it. I get it. Okay, it's cold. It, it was not friendly conditions. It was not the, the days of yore of going back to September and, oh, it's 78 degrees at kickoff and life's good. No, it was 38 degrees. It was snowy. It was rainy. It was windy. It was everything. And, hey, I also get it. It's a very long game. These games are, what, three and a half, four hours long. It's also a game against Maryland. You know, this isn't necessarily two weeks ago where you're facing you know, a top 10 Michigan team in a historic matchup between the two rivals. No, it's just the lowly Terrapins. Yeah, it was 27 to 14 at half and also very early in the second half thanks to a Jaden Reed touchdown. 34 to 14 very early on in the second half. I get it. I get it. It's more comfortable to watch a game at home in the warmth, TV. You got booze probably uh, and well, cheaper food. Than what they have at the concession stands, but and also last of all, and this isn't a total cop out, but it's just the fact of the matter. This is not an MSU specific issue. Like this is just how it is, kind of nationwide. Like student section numbers have kind of been dwindling. It's hard to sell tickets. It's hard to sell tickets outside of college sports too. Like it's just even professionally. I mean, it's just it's a little too nice to watch on TV now or your living room. With that said, though, disappointed. I feel like Mel Tucker, you know, I'm sure he was disappointed. I'm sure a lot of the players are disappointed. Are you kidding me? This team is 8-1. They are now 9-1 after the game. And this isn't, you know, like an Alabama situation where you're, oh, you're assuming they're going to go undefeated and you're really upset when they're not undefeated, so why even go to the games when they drop a game? Like, no, this, this team, according to Vegas, according to a lot of people, were supposed to win about four games. Five games. Six, if you were feeling saucy like myself. I thought this was going to be a 6-6 six and six season. And you know what? I was going to be kind of happy with that, too. Um, no, this this is a team that went into the game 8-1. and one. This is a team that also has a Heisman front-running candidate. This isn't like, no, okay, one of the guys who just listed off last segment that has 30-1 to one odds to win it. Like, no, no, no. Kenneth Walker is squarely one of the three, if not two, if not the number one guy right now that has the Heisman Trophy in his hands and it's his to lose. Oh, and, you know, just by the way, hey, let's throw this on top of it too. Uh, this team has a coach that, if he wanted to, could get up and leave for USC in the offseason. He could take the LSU job probably if he wanted to. Or, soon to be, Florida might have an opening here too. Um, and it went noticed. It's very clear that it went noticed. So, yeah, it, it's it's crazy. Like, Every stereotype checked out on Saturday about kids these days, you know, like they're soft, they can't handle the cold weather, oh, they're just so uh, spoiled and just coddled, they can't handle any harsh environment, or oh, they're just so unappreciative, they can't handle 
or not handle it. They can't appreciate an 8-1 and one team. They can't appreciate that this team has a generational shot of winning a Heisman. Arguably multi-generational shot. Stereotype checked out there, didn't it? I mean, 10 rows of students left at the end of the game? Hmm. But I would be remiss if I only bashed the students here because it wasn't necessarily just the students. Like, there was also a good contingent, too, just around the rest of the crowd that didn't necessarily stay around for the whole game. And again, hey, I get it. I'll go back to it. I get it. It was very cold. It was freezing. I couldn't feel my fingers. I couldn't really feel my toes at the end of the game. But you know what? Kenneth Walker also probably couldn't feel his ankle after he rolled in the first quarter. And he still played. He still went out and did what he had to do for the team. The least we can do is just sit in the stands to watch this amazing season unfold. This team is, I think, one win away, either the Ohio State game or the Penn State game, one win away from a New Year's Six Bowl game. Are you kidding me? This team won two games last year. They had no business to be this good. Appreciate it. Sit in the stands. And I don't get the, oh, it was cold. Do you guys not have the weather app on your phone? Are you kidding me? Are you guys not from Michigan? Like, 38 degrees. Okay, wear six layers. Double up on socks. Drink some fireball before the game. Drink some fireball during the game. Pretty lax security these days at Spartan Stadium. Uh, yeah, there are ways to stay warm during the game to watch a 9-1 team with a Heisman front-running candidate. It is insane. Insane that the student section and everywhere else in the stadium kind of twinkled out and dwindled out in the third and fourth quarter. So, you know what? I said I wasn't mad. I'm just disappointed. But maybe I am a little mad, actually, because after saying all that out loud and not just typing it out on my notes, like, that is crazy. That is crazy to me that we're just, oh, okay, well, no, <laughs> can't miss out on another night at Rick's. Um, yeah, because Rick's is only open, oh, what, six nights a year? Just like however many home MSU football games you get to go to? God, please. But at the end of the day, I know I'm probably barking up the wrong tree because, well, let's face it, diehard fans are probably listening to this podcast, right? I mean, I don't think we're going to any Fairweather fans listening to a five-day-a-week Michigan State podcast. So, eh, whatever, maybe this is falling on uh deaf ears and you know i'm preaching to the choir right now rather actually is what i'm doing uh i'll use the right idiom that time i'm preaching to the choir because if you're at the game you probably stuck around for quite some time <sighs> anyway so i want to end the segment too it's just a little bit of uh information about this saturday's game um right now let's build off that new year six bowl game too i, I looked at a few bowl projections it's kind of all over the place um it goes down to, you know, I think it was uh, 24-7 Sports has Michigan State pegged for the Citrus Bowl, which, of course, falls outside the New Year's Six. And then I read uh, Aslan.com. They have Michigan State slated for the Peach Bowl. And then CBSSports.com, I believe, has Michigan State for the Fiesta Bowl. So, yes, I think Michigan State, with two games to go, is one win away from locking themselves in a New Year's Six Bowl game. And it also helps, too, that, hey, you also got, once again, a Heisman candidate there, too. That's going to sell on TV. As well. Um, yes, Michigan's locked in for the Rose Bowl right now. They took care of business against Penn State. With the way the rankings are right now, it'll be hard for Michigan State to jump over them. Um, that's going to be a discussion further down the road. Um, and on top of that, well, let's talk about this Saturday's game uh, a tad. 18-point spread. That's right. The Buckeyes are favored for this one. You can look at that two ways. You can look at it. Kind of how I looked at the spread back in 2017. I think it opened at a 24-point spread. It was a very similar circumstance to this one where 
Well, there's only so many games to go, and both teams control their own destiny. Uh, uh-oh, 24-point spread. They're expecting an unholy beatdown, and that it was. Or, you can look at it from the sunny side. Hey, well, last year, what was Michigan State against Michigan? Well, that's right, 24.5-point underdogs. Has Michigan State ever gone down to Columbus, Ohio, with the injury-riddled roster in a must-win game to keep their Big Ten title dreams alive in one? I don't know. Hmm. If only there was a certain instance back in 2015 where uh, that happened as well. So, yeah, hey, tough spread. MSU's got a big uphill fight, but you know what? They've done it before, and there might be something to uh, be said about a team that is a solid squad like your Spartans are and have really just no pressure because it's all upside, baby. No one's expecting them to win. So go out, give it your best shot, and, yeah, play like uh, you got nothing to lose. So, and, uh, well... I was going to say, speaking of playing like got nothing to lose, but that's a really bad segue because, okay, MSU basketball would have something to lose <laughs> if they lost against Western. Regardless, we'll be talking about the Spartans versus Broncos basketball game that wrapped up on Friday. But first, I need to talk to you fine folks about Built Bar. That's right, guys. Built Bar, you know what we're talking about. We're talking about the best tasting protein bar in the whole world. And if you have not tried Built Bar by now, well, <laughs> you're missing out. And I don't care if you think that you already got your protein bar, you know, like, oh no, this is this is my brand that I like. I bet it I bet it sucks out loud compared to Built Bar. Because Built Bar oh, it's just soft, it's chewy, covered in the hundred percent real chocolate. And also when you bite into it, you are actually tasting the flavor that's on the wrapper. No, this isn't like your built or your protein bar where you bite into it and you're just eating sawdust and trying to convince yourself that, oh yeah, this does taste like chocolate chip chunk power. To the moon, I don't know, whatever you guys are eating. Uh, it ain't Built Bar. Because uh, Built Bar, once again, it's the best. Not just on the taste buds, but on the body. It's low carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, and high in protein. So you get all the healthy benefits on top of just God, eating the best tasting protein bar of all time. Guys, we're talking coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry bar sia. So go to Built.com. Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, that's all one word, LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. One more time, guys, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Yes, if you could remember all the way back to Friday night, which, God, at this point seems like it was six nights ago, Michigan State did play basketball at Breslin Center in front of live fans, baby. That's right. Uh, Izzo was stoked about it. The players were clearly stoked about it. And, yeah, who wasn't? Just nice to have, you know, actual humans back in the seats at Breslin Center and not a cardboard cutout. Um, Hey, Michigan State, 90. Western Michigan, 46. Now, did Michigan State benefit from... Uh, Western Michigan's top player, B. Artist White, leaving the game four minutes in. Sure, did uh, they benefit from Western Michigan starting off four from eight from behind the three-point line and then ending the game one from 20 from the three-point line? Sure, they did. Did they benefit from their forward committing two fouls within 45 seconds? Eat your heart out, Gavin Schilling. Of course they did. With that said, I don't know if that really makes too much of a difference. Maybe that's the difference between Michigan State winning by 45 like they did and then only winning by 25. This was going to be a blowout regardless. Uh, Michigan State just looks sharp. They, they look fantastic. Marcus Bingham, 5 for 7 from the field. My goodness gracious, does it pay to be six foot eleven on a court where the other team doesn't really have a lot of tall people to defend you with. Uh, Gabe Brown looks smooth. Looks smooth. Uh, didn't make any three-pointers, but other than that, he was fine. 5 for 10 shooting. Buttery, 7 for 7 from the free throw line. 7 rebounds. 
Uh, two turnovers, but yeah, he he looked fine. He looked he looked just fantastic. And the two key points or key you know storylines going into the game that we talked about last Friday that I wanted to see was well, okay, Tyson Walker, how are you gonna look? Because <laughs> opening night against Kansas did not look all too well. And I gotta say, I, I think it also was kind of a slow-ish start for Tyson as well on Friday. And one thing that really is arching an eyebrow for me is his reluctance to shoot a three-pointer. Like, there are times where he's just passing up not necessarily wide-open threes, but open enough where he should be letting a rip on it. This is a kid that shot 35% both his years at Northeastern. And it's not like, you know, he was only shooting them in limited supply. He almost shot six per game last year when he was at Northeastern. So, like, it's not like he's shy to shoot. And I get it. You know, he's the guy at Northeastern. No, no, no. Like, the guy. He was everything for that team. And life's a little different at Michigan State when you're surrounded by guys like Gabe Brown, Joey Hauser, uh, you know, Max Christie, and, you know, you know how it goes. But still, like, I, interested that he's interesting that he's not really aggressive on shooting the three. And I would like to see that because, well, you have another guy that shoots it at a somewhat decent volume and, well, also a decent percentage as well. It's going to bode well for your team. Like, we can't have a point guard out there that's not a shooting threat. I mean, I think that's a very important part of an offense. Spaces the floor out. Anyway, uh, the other other storyline to the game uh, was just how are the freshmen going to look? And, uh, hey, Pierre Brooks, MSU debut, he gets his first point. Uh, but that's not who we were talking about necessarily. Max Christie, uh, he looked fine against Kansas. The shot really wasn't falling, but he didn't take any dumb shots against Kansas. And he looked as smooth or as comfortable as a freshman could look when it's clear that his shot's not falling. And also, well, start your career against a top-five team at Madison Square Garden. Once again, shot really wasn't falling for him. He made 1-3, one, uh, one for six shooting from behind the arc, uh, one for two free throw shooting, and just six points on two for eight shooting as a whole. But I still thought he looked a little comfortable. I mean, it, which is weird to say. I, You know, I'm not totally... sounding like I'm bailing him out, but... You know, like, eight eight shots, all eight were smart once again. On defense, he was fine. I, I thought he played some solid defense and six rebounds. So he was active on both ends of the floor. So, you know, it's we're, we're chipping away at it. We're, we're getting there. I feel like, you know, one day he just will explode and it'll all click from the shooting perspective. And another guy who I think it really clicked for is Jaden Akins. Uh, 17 minutes, four or five shooting, nine points, three rebounds, no turnovers, uh, and a steal. Hey, look at you. Uh, this is something I brought up. With uh, Solja, if you were tuned into that episode after the Kansas defeat last week, where it, it was very clear that Akins was maybe a little too consumed by the, the moment he was in. Like I said, top five Kansas team, Master Square Garden, you're tipping off in the Champions Classic on ESPN. Yes, you do come to Michigan State to play in massive games, but still, what a far cry that is. Than like playing in an AAU circuit or playing in a Farmington gym in high school, like that's still a massive moment. Like I'll excuse the kid for maybe you know, a little too, a little rattled for that game. And then I talked with Soldier after him. Like I, this might sound like a stupid take, but it's one I believe. It's like I think that he simply just needs a game at Breslin Center. I think he just needs a game in front of a crowd that's on his side against a non-conference opponent that really isn't that great. Like Western, I mean, just just get his feet wet, get him acclimated to the college game, have the crowd on his side. You know the the, the lights are a little less bright, but still, hey, Breslin light, mm-hmm, that, that shines bright 
on some people in a positive way, and it did for Akins. He like it just world a world different of just comfortability out there. Um, another guy that maybe caught some some ire. Not you know I wasn't throwing things against the wall and screaming that he should be off the team and give a scholarship away, but. You know, Malik Hall did have a quiet first game against Kansas. Uh, he looked solid against Western. Three of six shooting, 20 minutes of work, eight points, three rebounds, no turnovers. So, yeah, it was a fine game. I'm not going to say that's uh, going to win him the Naismith Award, but it was nice to see Malik Hall there. Yeah, other than that, n- nothing too crazy to point out. AJ Hallgard, seven points, three of five shooting. Uh, two turnovers in seven or sorry, eighteen minutes of work. I should say he looked fine. He looked solid, and everything that he showed against Western was just a reiteration of everything he showed against Kansas. Of okay, Kansas was not probably a flash in the pan. Like he's got handles, he can slash through the lane. Like it's so yeah. I've been very very pleased. Um, what's been going on with AJ Hogar to start the season? One thing I don't like. One thing I don't like. This is my pet peeve. When a blowout is happening. That's right, I'm looking at you, Julius Marble. That's right, who had a fine game himself. Uh, what? I hate when scholarship players shoot when the walk-ons are on the court. So, I mean, it's not really a negative. I'm not actually that upset about it. But, hey, what the heck, man? Give Steven Izzo a shot. Give uh, Peterson a shot here. So, no, if, if you're looking for any uh, negatives, I, I guess that's the one. Is that the right guy didn't shoot it at the end of a 4,000-point blowout. So, yeah, MSU looked great. And, uh, hey, it's... Now that was a get right game before they head to Butler. That's right. That's Wednesday, baby. That'll be a, that'll be a good one. So of course we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that for a Wednesday morning show. We'll get a little preview of the three and zero Butler Bulldogs who have already thrashed teams like IUPUI. They took it to Central Arkansas and then they just absolutely hammered Troy by eleven points. Um, no, they'll be, we'll 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 get a proper breakdown of the Bulldogs here coming up. But until then, guys. Until then, I just want to thank you for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day. And go on and make Lockdown Bets your second listen of every single day. That's right. That's Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. That's Lockdown Bets, hosted by Your Boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And, uh, hey, let's let's go. Victory Monday. Let's Good start to the week. Woo! Go Green.